Okay, and we're live on The Niche Agent. So today we've got a great guest for you. It's Beth Sandberg. So Beth, you're from Keller Williams in just outside Philadelphia then? Yes. Okay, so why don't you take a quick second and tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here. Sure. Uh, I've been an agent for about eight and a half years. I am a, I started when, eight and a half years ago, I was pregnant with my second child. I decided that I really didn't want to work a full-time job anymore. I was looking personally for my own second house, and my realtor at the time said to me, you'd be great at this, you should go into real estate. So I went back, I got, I went to, got my real estate license. She connected me with one of the local um, real estate offices in my area. They are the leader of the market share here. I connected with them and uh, met with them and I said, I'm looking to make about $30,000 a year. That was my goal at the time. I said, I'm pregnant with my second. I have another one. My, my oldest was at the time just over a year old. And she said, oh, $30,000, it'll be easy for you, no problem. So I started working about three years into my business when, and I was, you know, thinking at the time that I was going to do one deal a year and that 10 years out, nobody was going to say to me, how many deals have you done? They were all going to say to me, how many years have you been doing this? (laughs) So my goal was originally that I was going to do this for 10 years until my kids got a little bit older and then I'd start really doing it. But at least I'd get my feet wet, start learning the business, put the education side behind me and then I could really jump right in. So started in the business very casually. I ended up doing my first year, I think, three or four transactions. Every year they grew slowly and uh, had my second child, my daughter, then got pregnant again, had my third, was still doing this kind of casually. And then uh, six weeks after I had my third, my husband lost his job and ended up not working for two years. So I was six weeks postpartum, my husband lost wow. his job, and all of a sudden everything fell on me. The pressure was and on. I said, pressure was on. <laughs> and I said, you know, I've got this real estate license. I've been doing it kind of casually. I've been making some really nice backup income from it. Maybe I should do this a little bit more seriously. So started really digging in, started doing a bunch of lead generation, started talking about what I did, because I think before I had in some ways been a secret agent. Nobody really knew what I did. Mm-hmm. And really jumped right in. First year that I really jumped in, first year my husband lost his job, I made over $100,000. It's the first time I ever broke six figures in this business in um, GCI. So started doing it, and the business just grows. It all kind of uh, groundswelled on me. Grew and grew. My husband be- ended up being out of work for two years. Uh, I ended up, He ended up actually getting a job six weeks before I gave birth to my fourth. So when I was... Literally, as I delivered my third, I was on the phone negotiating a deal, <laughs> gave birth to my fourth on a, on a Saturday and on Friday after that, I had clients in my car again. I never really stopped. I'm a little bit addicted to what I do. <laughs> so uh, eight years in, literally a day before my eight-year anniversary with that company, back in November of 2013, I switched over to Keller Williams. I had completed about $18 million worth of volume last year and I'm on track this year to do 35 million. Wow. So for you, what was it that you changed in your business other than your mindset to get from doing a couple deals a year to growing that business? So I started focusing on it. I started talking about it. Everybody that I met, you know, have you thought about buying or selling a home? Do you know anybody who's looking to buy or sell a home? I started talking about what I do. Every single time my phone would ring with a deal instead of just you know, with a client, instead of just picking it up and talking to the client, I would very consciously say out loud, oh, this is my buyer, I've got to take this call. And so the people who I was surrounded by all started hearing me say, oh, look, she's got a buyer, oh, that's her seller. And so I think subconsciously in their head, it registered with them 
Beth Sells Real Estate. Mm -hmm. And I think they started talking about it amongst themselves, and I kept talking about it. Whenever I'm in any sort of public forum, I always talk about what I do, or somebody asks me about a house that's on the market, and I'm always happy to talk about it. I love what I do. So it really kind of became um, a very large part of me, whereas, you know, especially as women, we really say, oh, I'm a mother. I'm now a realtor as much as I'm a mother. It's really just become part of who I am. That's awesome. So part of the reason why we have John is because you've done very well with your demogra- or your niche uh, area. So you kind of mm-hmm. work. Can you explain kind of the area that you focus on and, and what you do? Sure. I focus on an area called Lower Marion Township. We're in affluent suburbs just outside of Philadelphia. We're some of the first towns right outside of Philadelphia. It is also referred to as the main line. And part of the reason that my business built like that, where I really primarily focus on that area is because I did have young kids. I was pregnant with my second when I started, had a third, had a fourth, and I never wanted to drive more than 20 minutes away to show a house that I didn't know that I was going to sell. So for time constraint purposes, when somebody would call me and say, oh, would you sell it here? Would you sell there? I just started saying no. Um, And I let me find you somebody else. And I started referring out a lot of business. So I've actually done very well on a referral business also because I've built up people know to come to me with questions and I'll find them the right person to help them with wherever they're looking but it was really a convenience factor initially that I only started doing Lower Marion and because I've only done Lower Marion I'm known as a Lower Marion agent or a Lower Main Line agent and so a lot of clients come to me because they've heard that that's what I specialize in so for you then was that something you did from the very beginning or was that something you made a conscious effort to at at some point because I know a lot of times when agents are new and they get started they think they are going to miss the boat on business so they'll drive two hours an hour away 45 minutes away is that something you were conscious of from the from the very get-go I was very conscious I didn't necessarily at the time realize I was building such a niche business but I was very very aware that I didn't want to drive a distance to show a house whenever a client would be presented to me who was not you know would be referred to me who was not within Lower Marion Township I would immediately refer them to somebody else so it was something that I think it was a conscious decision not to travel distances to buy or sell homes, um, but it became very much something that I started promoting over time. Obviously, when you made that decision and you were doing that, it it, it really took a life of its own because you've done very well with it. Did Was there a time and place when you realized, like, wow, this is a really smart decision? Yeah, and every time I see the gas bill, I <laughs> think back, wow, that was a great decision. Um yeah, no, I think that it's also, it's allowed me to really, I know Lower Marion Township better than I know anything else. Um, and so I know all of the ins and outs of the township, the schools, the private schools, the public schools, the facilities, the pools, the parks. I've become very involved with the town, um, with the township. I go to the township meetings. I go to the zoning board meetings when I can. I go to the neighborhood club meetings when I can. So I've really focused it, and so I've gotten known. It's become my sphere of influence in a certain way. So I've become known as the agent who sells this area. Okay. So what techniques and strategies are you using then to really get into that market? Because obviously it can be more effective and more efficient when you have that small area, but what are you doing? Like what strategies are you using to actually take over that area? Name recognition. I use, I'm very, very careful about the way that I represent myself and I represent the listings that I have. So whenever I have a sign on a property, I make sure that it's not just one of the ones that you stick in the ground. I use a wood post sign. I'm a premium agent. I list my properties as premium properties. Mm -hmm. And I think people notice my signs more because of that. Also, because I'm in a smaller area, I'm really only farming to that area. So I'm not 
spread out all of my efforts and all of my finances are directed into that neighborhood. I do a lot of um, charitable giving within the township to different nonprofits or to you know Fourth of July festival things like that. So this way, my name is just constantly out there in that small neighborhood. So, I mean, ballpark. You said there's like there's a few towns in that area, but you said what's this? What's that area look like? You said it was about ten. 10 miles wide? Like, what's that? Correct. We're probably about 10 miles long. Everything's within 15 minutes of each other. I can get from one end of the township all the way to the other. We have some, uh, when you, the first town when you enter into the township is called Balakinwood. It's mostly commercial and then very, very quickly becomes residential in Balakinwood. It's got about four blocks of commercial property and then it's all um, residential going out with Mm -hmm. uh, mixed use mixed in with, you know, stores and things like that. Uh, a couple of apartment buildings, but not necessarily office buildings the way they are um, is close to the city. So it's mostly suburban. Uh, property values range anywhere from, you can get yourself probably as a single family home, or I should even say as a row house, you could probably buy in for starting about $150,000 and the homes go up to, you know, $15 million. Wow. That's a, that's a big spread. Mm-hmm. And everybody's, I mean, you'll literally have a $250,000 house within 0.2 miles of a $2 million house. Wow. Every, uh, even right now, currently in Marion Station, you have a $250,000 listing, and um, you've got a new construction being built that's worth well over $10 million. Wow. So for you then, do you do you have a niche within that niche of a certain type of property or price of property, or do you just kind of work the whole area? I, I really believe that you don't view people by price points. They're people, not price points. Yep. So my very first million-dollar buyer was actually referred to me by somebody I put into a $900 rental. Wow. And so I learned very, very quickly that they're people, they're not price points. Yep. So I continue to do renters. I My last closing the other day was a $150,000 listing that I had, and I currently have a home on the market for $3.2 million. So I really spread myself. I'll take renters buyers, sellers. I have investors who I work with. Um, I do a lot of everything. I also am a, I handle a lot of the professional athletes who come in and out of Philadelphia. I'm the official agent for the Sports Star Relocation Network here. So my business, I, when somebody calls me, no matter what, whether they're looking for a renter or they're looking for a luxury property, doesn't even um, cross my mind not to work with somebody. I work with them all and I'm happy to. Some of my favorite clients have been my hundred thousand dollar condo buyers that's that's great and because it, it spirals into it and a lot of agents get stuck into transactional base and they look at the value from that one client in that transaction but if you look at the lifetime value of what that can turn into from referrals and relationships and connections it's yep. it's pretty endless i have a i currently have a um an investor who buys properties no they never top over two hundred thousand dollars is the buy-in and then we usually resell them in the fours and the truth is, he's going to be. I'll probably make more money off of him than many of my, you know, luxury clients because mm-hmm. I'm going to sell him 15 properties this year as opposed yeah. to just one. And that was actually going to be my next question. Is I was just teaching a class yesterday on the 80/20 principle, and I was going to ask, uh-huh. is do you have that 20%? And you kind of just answered it. But is there within that market? Is there a, a sub market that really is driving most of your business? No, I'm really spread out. Okay. So within those towns, and is there an area that you do a lot more of, or is it pretty much all of the area then? Uh, I tend to, currently I'm very, very heavy in the Ballackinwood-Marion area in two of those towns. Um, I have six listings uh, right now in Ballackinwood out of probably 
15 that are actually on the market. So I do have a pretty big market share right there. Um, And that's active. That's not even what I've settled in the last three months. So I do tend to be very heavy in the Bala Marion market, but I also do a lot in towns called Wynwood and Gladwin and Villanova and Bryn Mawr, so Narbers. So I'm kind of all over the place, but currently I tend to be heavy in Bala Kinwood. That's where I live, so that might be part of it. I really, really love the town that I live in, and I think it just comes through when I'm showing homes there because I get really excited about them. But the township as a whole, um, the town, just to give a sense, Lower Marion Township is made up of a whole a lot of small little towns. They have a lot of town centers. So I always say, you know, this is small town USA. You, you know, you can see the little, the small movie theater, mm-hmm. the coffee shop, things like that. So we've got town centers. We've got a lot of walkability around here. So for you then, when you had that shift from going from just t- testing out the, the business to take making it a full, uh, full-time business, what was that shift for you as far as focusing on your business? Like, did you do anything specific? I mean, you said you were got focused, but was there a strategy that you put in place? Did you hire a coach? Did you do anything to really just crank it up or was it just the, the necessity to make the money? You know, I think it was a necessity to make the money, but I also, every time I do a transaction, when I first got into this business, um, the agent who mentored me initially when I first got into this business, I met with a bunch of agents who had been doing this for many, many years, you know, 30, 25 to plus. And I said to each of them, what's the best piece of advice that you could give me? And the woman who ended up being my mentor said to me, you do what's right. Mm-hmm. If you do what's right, the money will follow. If you chase the money, you'll never find it. And so when I was the secondary income, that was really, really easy. When I became the primary income, it had to become much more conscious as opposed to subconscious. I had to, you know, when, because deals fall through in this business. Mm -hmm. And I had to constantly be saying, you have to do what's right for your client, not what's right for you. And so that constant reminder to myself is what's right for my clients in that really because I knew it was the primary income, it did matter, but I kept reminding myself consciously that I had to put that away. Um... It really, for me, made that a very conscious thing that still I live with today, even though my husband is now working again. And even though now I've more than paid for my bills this year and we're only in July, uh, it's still, you know, the money has now become very much secondary. But it's that constant do what's right, do what's right, and taking yourself out of the situation and doing what's right for your client. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the premise of the niche agent is when you have that niche, it makes it a little easier to be able to do that because when you do have that target audience or or type of way of generating business, it makes it easier because if you have that specific area, you know how to service them better and you can take care of them better than just trying to just get business. Because if you're just out there just to try to find the next deal, then you're not going to be able to focus on helping the clients as much. I have also, I've built a team since I've been at Keller Williams, and we've also created something that's a little bit different. I have a concierge team. I have a director of concierge services. So we don't just buy and sell the home, but we will take care of every last detail that you need. If you need help finding a mover, we will take care of that for you. If you need to schedule a refrigerator maintenance repairman, we will take care of that for you. If you need to transfer your car because you're moving here from Arizona, we will take care of that for you. If you have stuff in your home that you don't know what to do with, we will sell it on eBay for you. So we've taken it a step further that we're not just helping them buy and sell their homes. We've become their referral source for everything they could possibly need. My clients, when they need a babysitter, call me. When they, you know, when they need trash removed from their garage, they call me with who should I, who should they contact. So I've become a referral source for them for all of their needs, not just their real estate needs. So was that something that you did intentionally, or did that just happen Very to come much. out of it, or was it because? I, of well, I think it's just who I am naturally. But then, as I was 
switching, you know, when I was, I very much had a very, very strong career. I now have a very, very strong business. Mm -hmm. So as I was making the transition from career to business, I just couldn't do all of that myself anymore. Right. So the first person that I hired um, when I hired somebody besides myself was a director of concierge services. She was my first assistant um, because I hired that because I knew that that was something, you know, when we look at the 80-20 principle, that was, my tw that was part of my 80. That was not part of my 20. Right. But it was something that was very, very important to me that not get lost. I feel that that's a service that our clients need, especially people buying and selling or if they're relocating. They've got so many other stresses going on that that's the last thing they should have to think about. Yep. I should be a one-stop shop for all of their resources. So the first person I hired um, I, you know, her title is Director of Concierge Services, and that's exactly what she does. Is she handles all of that now? So if anybody has any questions, they can reach out to my office and have them answered. And if we don't know that person right away, we will find that person for you. That's awesome. That's great because I think a lot of agents are missing that customer service aspect of it, and they're just again they're just focused on that transaction and they're not looking out for the clients. We're constantly we're constantly looking at our clients and we're saying how can we go deeper? Not how can we go wider, but how can we go deeper? How can we help this person more? Because when we help that person more and it resonates with them, they're going to be the ones who go wider for us and spread our names. Yep. So we're constantly working with our with our buyers, our sellers, our referral sources, and saying, what can we do for them? And then they're the ones sending us. We're rewarding our referral sources maybe more than we're rewarding the person who's actually referred to us. Mm -hmm. Because that's who our core is. That's our sphere. Yeah, and that's a, super valuable in the long run because the more you can build that up, the more they're going to refer you and the more you're going to keep growing that business. So for right. you... Our, my business is 99% referral. Wow. I get... I, we build very little of our business off of sign calls. I don't pay for any sort of internet lead generation. I personally do not um, like to sit open houses. I think open houses are not necessarily good for my sellers. Mm -hmm. Open houses are very good for an agent because less than half of 1% of homes sell from open houses, but agents usually pick up buyers and sellers from open houses. My team, we're not building our business based on you know cold calls or open houses, things like that. We're building it by working within the people that we already know. And who already trust us. Yeah. So now with the team, then when did you start that and take that first step to hiring that concierge service? So, well, actually, when I was with the other company for eight years, at the my last year there, I did have what you would call a team. I had another agent who worked with me. Um, when I left that company, she stayed there, and I came over to Keller Williams without her and started building my team here. Mm -hmm. So since November, when I came over to Keller, uh, my first hire was for my director of concierge services. I have since then added four buyer's agents, and I also now have a vice president of operations wow. who also handles the administrative side of things. So, yeah. And then we have a bunch of part-time people who work for us also. We have a graphic designer who takes care of a lot of our marketing work. Um, we have a runner who takes care of the signs and keys and things like that. So we have a bunch of part-time people too. And that explains the jump from the 18 million last year to 35 million, because you correct. You Although all four of my buyers' agents are um, first-time, under-a-year agents, I'm training people the right way, not the way we we're doing real estate differently. We're now doing real estate the way it should be done, not the way that everybody's been doing it for the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. So, for you, what has that changed on your end by going from that being alone to being having the team? How has it changed your own life, and how has it changed your own business? Well, it's really, like I said, it's changed me from having a career to having a business. It's freed up uh, what I came to realize is that my clients don't necessarily need me. They need somebody who has my integrity level, who has my work ethic, who has my knowledge base. But it doesn't have to be me. 
So um, part of what I've done in this business over my eight and a half years in it is I'm a big believer that just as important as my relationship with my buyers and sellers is, I also have to have a very good relationship with the agents who are on the other side of my deals. So I do a lot of networking and I show a lot of respect to the other agents who've come before me and who are you know, even newer than me, um, but I really believe that they're my partners in this. Mm-hmm. So over time, um, what we're trying to do is I'm trying to grow something that's really special, that's really different. And so I think it's kind of spreading itself because people are seeing it and people are noticing it. Right. So for you, when you, when you did that business then, um, was there any specific resources or any any training that you've taken to really take you to that next level? Because a lot of agents are, don't know what to do or what the next right. step is, and they so may make I, the wrong hires and things like that. So what was yep, it that so you did? So when I came over to Keller Williams, I did hire a business coach. I pay $1,000 a month for a half-hour phone call every week. It is the best money that I spend in my business right now. She is worth every single penny, and she has helped me systemize things so that I can – train my agents and my staff to do exactly what I was doing in the way that I want it done. So I've, whereas everything used to be in my head, everything's mm-hmm. now on paper and everything has become systemized so that when a new listing comes in, it automatically, we know what to do with it. When a new buyer comes in, we know how to start the search process. Um, we've started doing a little bit more um, of door knocking to find properties for our buyers because there's more of us. That's something that we can do now. So we're not just to depend on the MLS and word of mouth. We're actively looking for homes that are for sale for what match our buyer's needs. Yep. So we've kind of, um, the shift to the business, I have now a P&L. I have a profit and loss statement. I didn't even know what that word meant <laughs> a year ago. Yep. Um, so I now actually know how much I'm making and how much I'm spending, which crazy to see. Was that a good <laughs> eye-opener or a bad eye-opener when you did that? Because sometimes people are shocked and sometimes people are shocked because it's, not what they expected. It was just it was just incredible. Like when I was it was my last company, I never knew how much volume I was doing. I had no clue. That was never discussed. Mm-hmm. How many transactions you did this year? Who knew? If you weren't <laughs> tracking it yourself, nobody told you. So now we're actually tracking it. I have a in my office, I have a big whiteboard that has my buyers, my sellers, my closed, my pendings. You know, it's visual. We're seeing it. Um, you know, within KW, they track those numbers for you also. They're very big into tracking your numbers. Mm-hmm. So, and when you start tracking them, you realize whether you're behind or you're ahead of your goals. And if you're ahead, then you reset your goals and set them higher. And if you're behind, I mean, my original goal for this year was 20 million. Well, 20 million's behind us. Yeah. We're on to the next. You yeah. know, we got to reset that goal to 35. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're we're watching it. We're actually aware. We're conscious of it. It's in front of us, and it's incredible how seeing it, at least for me, how the visual of it really has pushed myself, pushed my team, um, and has helped us hit the next point. And we broke a barrier that I didn't think I would break, especially not in a year. Yeah. And that's because of leverage and, and having the right. And I think there. a lot of that, I put a lot of that on my business coach. Uh, she's, um, she's incredible and she holds me accountable. And like I said, I pay a lot of money for it, but I've more than made back you know, when we first, um, one of the first things that she told me on one of our first phone calls was that when I came into the office, I had to start handing my cell phone to my director of concierge <laughs> services, which uh, gives me heart palpitations. <laughs> you know, that was just a, I mean, my, ask my children, my phone is constantly at my ear, constantly in my hands. I, you know, what's my lead generation? I answer the phone every single time. Yeah. So um, that was a really, really hard thing for me. And I fought and I fought and I fought it. 
I'm now headed August 1st. I actually I go away every year for the entire month of August. So I and I try not to work during that month, or at least I'm working, but different kind of working because right. I am out of town. So um, August 1st through September 3rd, I will be in Orlando with my children this year, and my calls will be redirected to my office. So for the last three weeks, my cell phone, you know, when you called me for the interview, it went right to my vice president of operations, and then he can answer a lot of that for me. There are yeah. a lot of questions people don't need me for. He can handle. So he now... Um, can problem shoot what he can and what he can't. He sends to me. Um, we have an app that he sends them the the calls that I have to return, and then I call them back within five minutes or once I'm free. Mm-hmm. And it's been a great system because it's freed me up to really do more work for my buyers and sellers um, because I'm not constantly distracted by everything else. And my coach said to me on our coaching call yesterday. She said, "Do you remember?" Do you remember five months ago when I first said this to you? And you said, you're crazy. I can't. How can I do that? And she's like, and listen to how happy you are now that you've done it and how much better it is for you, for your business, and for your clients. It is a better way to do business. It's the way it should be done. Yeah. It just sometimes you have to you have to ease into it. And take so, that faith and have someone who knows knows what to do and how to get you there. It definitely helps. Right. Right, so that was probably the biggest thing that I've done is a change in my business. Um, I've done a lot of training. The My current company is very big into training. Um, so they have a program called Recruit, Select, Train, Lead, Motivate, um, about how to hire the right people, how to train the right people, how to empower them to do their jobs properly, and then some. You know, um, I'm very big, and I believe that I need to hire people who are smarter than I am and who mm-hmm. are more talented than I am, because if I hire people who are the same or under me, well, that's not going to grow my business, and that's not going to help my clients. But if I'm constantly looking for somebody who's better than I am, well, that's how we're going to grow. It's not about constantly doing the same and just doing it better. We want to do more. We want to keep going deeper in what we can provide for our clients. And that that course is is fantastic. I took that uh, two years ago. And even if you're not at Keller Williams, they should take it because it's it's super powerful. Yeah, I, yeah it's it, great. It made me realize the mistakes I did, and I should have taken it sooner. Mm-hmm. So it definitely right. helps. I also um, I went to Keller Williams has their conference in February, so I went to Phoenix for their family reunion in February and was blown away that a company had 15,000 agents who felt that this conference was worth enough to spend their time, their money you know, away from their families training. Mm-hmm. And the level, the quality that I got from it was incredible. One of the Keller Williams principal is, you know, God, family, and then business. Mm-hmm. And they had a breakout session, um, how to put the family back in, the God, family, and then business, where I sat there with tears. I'm going to tear up now. With tears <laughs> running down my face that I work for a company that values that and that would help me do that better. Because I do have four kids under the age of 10. So or well now 10 and under. How do I how do I do that better? What do I need to do for them because they're only young ones and I'm their mother, they're never going to get another one. Yeah. So, how do I do that better? And the fact that they had a training session on what we can do and little tricks that you can do to prioritize your family without putting your clients giving them less. How do we do that so that you're not compromising the service you want to provide for your clients, but you're making your children who are your number one clients the priority they need to be and should be. And that's, again, going from that business, or from career to the business, and when you have that shift, it it, it makes all the difference. In May, I went to, Keller Williams had a luxury homes training in Amelia Island. I went to that. Um, I learned they had really great sessions. One of them was taught by Tony Giordano called um, online uh, Online Presence versus Presence Online, 
which taught me how to use social media better. I'm now using Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of that to better promote my listings, the number of so instead of the old-fashioned way where we were sending postcards to maybe 100 neighbors, mm -hmm. I'm now target marketing within Facebook my listing so that I get over 6,000 views in a day of people who are within the exact um, demographic of who I think is actually going to be purchasing these homes. Mm -hmm. So we're doing our marketing better. We're also being – it's also a much more economical way of marketing. You're reaching more people and you're spending less money. It's a no-brainer. So I did that, uh, and then I'm planning to go to Mega Camp in Austin for another training session in September and whenever there's a local training or a mega uh, masterminds in my region I go awesome. and I will also travel for a recruit select train lead motivate I hear there's one in San Diego every month that I plan to go to soon um, but wherever that's given I'd like to attend that twice a year wow. so you've got a lot going on your plate but it sounds like you've got a lot more going with your business and you've got a lot more under control now even though with all of this stuff added on, which is which is I awesome. can see it now. I couldn't see it before. Before it was just overwhelming. Now I can very clearly lay out exactly what it is I need to do. Mm -hmm. uh, Gary Keller's book, Real Estate Millionaire Agent, um, you know, I think I, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, yeah. Um, I now lead a, a book club in my office every week where we read a chapter of the book, and that is a blueprint for how to be successful in this business. Yeah. If ever, you know, you, you can you can have the highly successful business person and you can have the homeless person come into this business and you can't predict which one's going to succeed. That book is your formula for yeah. how to succeed. Yeah, it's a fantastic one. Okay, so we'll, we'll wrap up quickly. So why don't you uh, share a good piece of advice. So if someone's thinking about fi finding a niche like yours where they have a little area, is there something you can give as advice for our listeners to take away? So I guess it's because my niche has been so geographic. I think that it would be to find what you love. I loved where I lived. When my husband and I moved here 12 years ago, we literally drove down the main street of the town we live in, and I turned to him and I said, this is where we're going to live for the rest of our lives. So, And we didn't have jobs yet. We didn't have a place to live yet, but that was it. So it was instant love for me of the town that I live in. And I think it's really find what you love, whatever that is. If it's that you love, you know, um, what, whatever that piece is, if, it's, if you love a certain type of person, if you love a certain age range, if you love a certain neighborhood, if you love investments, the financial side, if you love the statistical side of it, whatever it is, figure out what that is that you love and then figure out how to do it within your business. And it's not always conscious because mine definitely didn't grow consciously. It wasn't like I said, oh, I love this town and so I'm going to grow my business here. It was mm -hmm. really more convenience that I didn't want to travel. I had little kids. I didn't want to pay a babysitter for travel time. Um, but when I look back, it's definitely the reason that it grew was because I genuinely loved it, and I think that came through. I think people felt that, and so that's part of why my business grew in a very small geographic area was because it was genuine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, so what's the for the listeners, then, what's the best way to get a hold of you and how they can check out what you're up to then? Uh, they can check me out at bethsamberg.com, B-E-T-H-S-A-M is Mary, B-E-R-G.com. They, uh, they can follow me on Twitter, Beth Knows Homes. Uh, I have a Beth Sandberg Team Facebook page. Uh, they can call me on my cell phone, and you will get Jason, my Vice President of Operations. As long as they're not calling in August. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 716-0997. Uh, or they can send me an email at beth at bethsandberg.com. Awesome. Well, Beth, we really appreciate it. So we'll put all those uh, connections below in the uh, in the page for you. So this will be aired probably while you're on vacation. But uh, enjoy your Yay. vacation, and thank you for being on. <laughs> 
I'll listen to it from the Magic Kingdom. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks.